you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Today's episode is supported by Kronos. No one compliments you when their paycheck is late, but make one mistake and you risk alienating your entire workforce. Kronos makes sure that your payroll is done right the first time from punch to paycheck. Learn more at Kronos.com slash payroll. That's K-R-O-N-O-S dot com slash payroll. Kronos, workforce innovation that works. The Around the NFL podcast is 25% vegetarian but 100% meaty. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Ho! And if you're not aware, Mark Sessler is the resident vegetarian. That was an odd way to get into this show. It was. It was unusual. We have no control over the creative content. The first thing our listener hears is something we have no control over. And you have to wonder, I mean, this is our program, Greg. Maybe we need to take a little. Oh, well, we could take control. So that's so I look at that as it is under our control. We've chosen to cede uh, the floor. You, you're making it sound like it was a, a decision we made r- rather than we just like, oh, that's one less thing that we have to worry well, about. Well, it's much it's, – other it's, uh, let's get together for yet another brainstorming session, having to come up with 4,000 – I'll let someone else do it. I don't care what they have to say about us. Um, thank God, by the <laughs> way. Yeah, feisty Mark today. <laughs> no, it's do. just like endless brainstorming. It's just like we don't need to come up with those things too. They're doing a fine job with them. Um, they are, and thank you to money. Uh, big late slate of games here on the Sunday of Week 9. Um, because I'm a professional and because I'm a Jets fan, I spent three and a half, watch- three and a half hours watching Jets-Dolphins in the early slate today. And I can honestly tell you it had, it made me 14% less of a professional football <laughs> fan. That, like, if you plugged me into Bridget and you got the, the data or data, ask Gruden for the correct pronunciation, it would say, Dan likes... 14% less. Forever? Or is Forever. it like a... It, it, it was permanently altered. And then the late games came over. 
and they were all great, and it got me back up. Oh, okay. It, it, it eliminated that 14% drop. It's like in, in Vegas. If you, you hit the blackjack table, you're down early, and then you clean up at 2 a.m., and you get back to even, but it feels like a win. Well, and as a gift to you and our fans, that can be the last that we ever speak of that Jets-Dolphins game. Just well, skip is, right past it. Is there nothing Should. to be gleaned on Game Pass from this game? There's a gleam, gentlemen. <laughs> no, uh, no, not really. But mm. I know you're you're a tape grinder, a, a tape monkey. What do they say? A tape monster? What is it? That I think getting, these nicknames are getting worse by the Tape minute. monkey's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're a tape monkey. You'll be watching it, and uh, you won't be enjoying what you're watching. But here's the good thing. We got better games to talk about, including the late game of the year, America's game, which lived up to the promise. Let's start right there. Breeze drops back, throws down the slot. Mike Thomas is strong. He's to the 30. He's to the 20. To the 10. Touchdown. Mike Thomas, 72 yards. And the Saints strike a hole in the hearts of the Rams in the fourth. He, he, he pulls out the prop. He, he goes to get the phones. He goes get the Joe Horn, dials him up. You got the cell phone. <laughs> Zach Streif, Deuce McAllister, who I believe was on that Saints team with Joe Horn. Absolutely. Uh, WWL with the call, call. Drew Brees threw it over Marcus Peters' head. Michael Thomas made the catch and took it from there. It was the seventh and final touchdown of the day, uh, or the sixth and the final, final touchdown of the day for the Saints, who knocked off the Rams 45-35 at the Superdome. It's the first loss of the season for the Rams, who began the season 8-0. The Saints, meanwhile, have put themselves in the driver's seat for home field advantage in the NFC playoffs. Chris Wessling, that is a monster. That is a tape monster, a tape monkey of a win for Sean Payton and company. (laughs) Uh, Michael Thomas versus Marcus Peters is not a fair fight. When Peters got that calf injury in late September, they originally said he would be out for a month. He ended up not missing any time, but he has been toasted week Mm. in and week out, and I don't know if it's the calf. He says he's 100%. Michael Thomas abused him. There were a couple penalties in this game by Peters as well, and the Saints just have that trio of superstars with Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Breeze. And Breeze is making so many improbable plays where you count him out, you think he's going to be sacked, and he comes through with a huge play. I mean, Michael Thomas is right there among the best receivers in the league. The fact that he's caught 71 of 79 passes thrown his way this year, and then and it really struck me when I watched him last week in last week's game – these are not easy completions. Like, he's catching balls down the field. He's catching balls in traffic. He is maybe the best right now at getting contested catches, him he, and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he and DeAndre Hopkins, I think, are fighting for the title of next Larry Fitzgerald. This was a game where the Saints jump out big early, and you could feel it becoming a Rams game like all the others at one point where the, the Rams were utterly unstoppable in the third quarter, held the Saints to, I think, 50 yards for much of the second half, and then New Orleans got aggressive again the way they were early, and I love the way they won this. They have a pretty rough schedule down the stretch, so we're going to find out if they have any shot to hang with the Rams as a final record, but this redirected the NFC because there's no way that I buy the Saints winning an NFC title game on the road. It has to be in their house. That's the way they've always been. But you're getting the best version of Drew Brees, I think, that we've ever seen right now. This game started with four possessions and four touchdowns. So you knew right away, and you kind of felt this is what the game was going to be. But then when it played out to that script, you knew it was going to be exciting. And then the big turning point in the first half was after a Mark Ingram fumble, uh, the – 
Rams attempt a fake field goal and don't get it. And maybe they did. Johnny Hecker seemed to be right there with the reach, but they didn't. They ruled him short. They ch- Sean McVay uh, challenged it, did not get the uh, overturn. And then that led to a f- 21 points, straight points uh, for the Saints. They seem like they're in total control. And then the Rams, they get a late field goal and they score, they score, they score. And all of a sudden it's 35-35. But then give credit, Greg, to the, the Saints, who then with the game slipping away, were able to get those last 10 points, including the Thomas TD. And part of that is because Alvin Kamara is, to me, the best short yardage back in football. And and he might be the back if I could just choose one. I think I would go with Kamara. And it's because he is so amazing in those condensed red zone situations where you normally think, okay, you want a pounder to run it up the middle. He can do that, but you can run him on the outside like you did to win the game on the final fourth down play where they gave it to him. You can obviously use him in the passing game, and they just expose the Rams linebackers. I mean, no, nobody can cover Kamara in the passing game, but they definitely couldn't. There were a couple great plays by Demario Davis, who was cast off by the Browns, traded to the Jets, left the Jets. He really made a difference in the run stopping, even though Gurley got his yards. But alongside Drew Brees, Jared Goff threw some incredible throws in this game. I mean, the two. this was fun to watch because you're getting the height of quarterback play for a full game, full 60 minutes. Goff throws a few jaw-dropping passes every week. And and the height of the play calling. I mean, these, these are the two the two best along with the, the Chiefs right now. It's just like, if you can't enjoy this, you know, go eat it. Back. Go eat it. And it does show those. Go even, eat it. Yeah. I mean, you know, ooh, we want the old defensive football, eat whatever. It. Enough. But it does show the limitations. Like, think of all the money that the Rams have spent eat on their what? on their defense. And it's like, they were, they were, ho- they were just, it was a prayer to try to stop New Orleans. They need to keep Tlaib healthy and they need Peters to well, play better. We, we talked about it too when we, on the Thursday pod, the, or the Wednesday show, uh, the Rams' defense hadn't really taken a leap from where it was last year, and they invested a lot of money in, in it to happen. It was a tough spot tonight, but they certainly did not get it done today. So if you want to get a, a little nervous if you're a Rams fan, can my defense in a big spot step up because they didn't hear, and I thought I heard something there. Oh, yeah. Now it was at the appropriate sound and volume level this time. It was a lock, and it was mine. <laughs> did you hear that, Erica? I heard him loud and clear. What, what do you think he was insinuating there? Um, probably an error on your end for not noticing it. No, he, yeah, it was completely ignored no, right. entirely by everyone the first time. He around. was. It sounded like he was saying you didn't time it correctly and you didn't play it. Loud no, it was drowned out it, by a bunch of like people talking. Exactly. I the timing <laughs> and volume was impeccable. Nice job though. Um, I was I was nervous though. Quite, I honestly was, was like serious mark on top of game. like your own favorite yeah. team getting squashed for the 80th week in a row to lose this lock was like why did I lock up against the Rams? <laughs> I am a raging idiot. I feel lucky to get out of it. We're lucky. Put it that way. Also, Michael Thomas, that's a franchise record: 211 yards in one game. Let's move on. Stafford out of the shotgun. Back I mean, to we're pass. really lucky. Claustrophobic. He gets away from the rush Please. of Daniel Hunter. Now he flips it to carry on Johnson. Ball. Yes, it is a fumble, and it's picked up by the Minnesota Vikings. And rolling into the end zone, it is Daniel Hunter for a 32-yard touchdown. Oh, Paul Allen, Vikings Radio Network with the call. Daniel Hunter. I love this one. Just love that horn. It's like a Vikings horn. It's the best one. Three and a half sacks. One of ten sacks for the Vikings. A franchise record. And he had that fourth quarter fumble return for a score. 
a dominant def defensive performance for the Vikings. They beat the Lions 24-9. Greg, the Vikings also got a solid contribution from Dalvin Cook in what amounted to a get-right game following last week's loss. It was. I'm, I'm surprised almost to see this second in the in the rundown just because it was a nothing burger of a game that you can just define by. Now you're taking shots at me. No, I'm just yeah, saying the, the Lions. The Lions. It's not at West. The Lions. Didn't now show you up. eat it. The Lions didn't show up. Whatever it is, you eat it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do the rundown of games here. <laughs> forty six. All right, forty six pass plays for the Lions in this game. They gained 3.1 yards per play on those. He was sacked 10 times, 17 quarterback hits. The The front line of Hunter and the, the key here to me is Everson Griffin just kind of coming back and completing that group. And other guys had a big day. Tom Johnson had a big day. Hunter, to me, is right there as an, a potential all-pro. And they just got it done. On a day where Kirk Cousins made two kind of sloppy turnovers, it, it didn't matter whatsoever they had this game in hand if you if you'd really like to know if you want to go it all behind. works together nfc what i'd like to do is uh, pack the the games together and this is all yeah, the no. top nfc contenders i Absolutely. i think i see a Makes theme sense. there and it's a good show running by you. <laughs> <laughs> you there is some talk that with the trade of golden tate that quick passing game that jim bob cooters had the last few years Coots. with matthew stafford might be out the window in favor of more of a deep drop downfield passing game the, is that maybe a problem with these sacks? I mean, it's it certainly didn't look good, and they they loved pointing out on third and five, third and six that they couldn't find anyone open. They tried to use Theo Riddick kind of in that role in in the slot, and he wasn't finding. He was holding the ball, but they their offensive line was just dominated. Most of these sacks were not holding the ball variety to me. They were just like Daniil Hunter especially is, is a man amongst boys. Uh, the Lions had a streak of 25 consecutive games with at least 14 points stopped here. And you just wonder, like all those other games, for the most part, Golden Tate's in the mix. That was a major piece of that offense to be taken out in the middle of a season at a trade deadline move. You wonder if that's going to take some time for them to, to fill that void. He was a, a sneaky, huge part of that offense. Yeah, he was on pace for 100 catches and 1,200 yards. That's not a small part. I, I think they're finding their level, though. This is a team that I've struggled to... Kind of figure out. Ooh. No, no one locked this game up. Just a reminder that I locked up the Saints <laughs> over the Rams. Thank you, Erica. Well done, Mark. This is a team. It, they're three and five. Don't they just seem like a six and ten team? I mean, they don't do. Yes. There's not much. It's another Lions team that just you forget about instantly the second week seven ends. They, and there's too many of those. There's. There's some concern if you're a Vikings fan. I think Adam Thielen is certainly not healthy right now. He had 22 yards, so there goes his 100-yard streak. He had seven targets in this game. The offense in general is a little up and down. I mean, they had a million chances in this game to put it away. I think the, the Vikings ended up with two, 283 yards. They held the Lions to 209, so neither offense was really I mean, no Stephon Diggs, uh, a limited Adam Thielen. Yeah. But Cook, that's a big part of that offense, too. He had 89 yards on 10 carries. He's missed five of the last six games with that hamstring injury. You remember how good he was before he tore his ACL last, uh, early last that year. That would be huge. That they, would be a huge pickup for them. They have the bye week to get healthy at wide receiver. And, and I, I do like the emergence of Chad Beebe. Oh, Don yeah. Beebe's son. Don Beebe was in the crowd wearing Lions gear, watching his guy pick up a few third, third down conversions. Made some plays. Nice job by you. So Roto World this week called Dalvin Cook the NFL shrug emoji. Huh. 
Huh. Before this game, it was dismissive yeah. essentially, but he was he was You're dismissive d- as an entity. Well, it's before kind of this like game. you don't know what you're going to get. And even in this game, he he popped off a 70 yard run, which showed it was actually the fastest anyone has run this year, according to Next Gen stats. What else you need but to say? But the other nine carries, I think he had a total of 19 yards. All right, but you know, you know, don't shrug emoji that 70 yarder, Greg. Well, this was pre that. I, I think it's more like we don't know what to make of this guy's fantasy situation rather than I think personal so too. If you picked him up as a fantasy guy, you'd okay. be slightly annoyed. I'm plus. We got that. <laughs> we got that straightened out. Let's move on. I take it back. Good that that was the second down play with Newton in the backfield by himself. Newton throws end zone. Samuel jumps up, makes the catch. Middle of the end zone. Touchdown. I call him the Mick. Mick Mixon, Panthers Radio Network. Cam Newton completed 19 of 25 passes, 247 and two touches, including that game icing strike to Curtis Samuel, who's on the rise. A 42-28 win for the Panthers over the Buccaneers in Charlotte. That's 10 straight home wins for the Panthers. Look out. They're right in the mix for that uh, top seed in the NFC 2, and NFC 2, and you do not want to go to Charlotte for a lot of reasons. You don't want to go. Wes, the Bucs nearly dug themselves out of another big hole uh, with Fitz Magic warming up, but in the end, Cam wasn't having any of it. Panthers scored a franchise record 35 points in the first half, thanks in part to the Bucks' offense, which scored one touchdown but had only one total first first down on the other five drives combined on the mm. first six drives. And then Fitzpatrick started heating up, but James Bradbury in particular, cornerback from the Panthers, owned Mike Evans in this game, played him very tight, mm. and passes to Mike Evans were not – Helping the Bucks in this wow in this game. one catch on ten targets. Yes, Bradbury played him really tight. Wow, this was the game on Twitter where suddenly Norv Turner's name is bubbling up in a way that doesn't happen to Norv Turner very often uh, in this century as a coach of the year, assistant coach of the year candidate, and the reason this is all happening for Cam Newton and the Panthers. Well, they've got so many explosive weapons now that you you know we've pointed out they used to draft power forwards and now they have these run after catch monsters. And DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel who had a great double reverse touchdown. Tape monster, tape monster, yeah. Oh, no. Tape, <laughs> yak monsters. <laughs> that was one of those next gen runs where Curtis Samuel. It was a thirty-three yard touchdown. He ran for like a hundred and three yes. plus in, yards. In some of these drives, Cam Newton doesn't have to do that much. I mean, yeah. there's there's these reverses, there's these short throws, and as someone who's been you know, kind of rooting, enjoying watching Cam play. This is a welcome change. And we in this room, we, we were saying we were just excited to get Shula out the door and get a nice professional-looking offense. And you especially. You were I was. And I, and I think North Turner is a good offensive coordinator. He's been, he's been solid wherever he's been. I think McCaffrey might be quietly on pace for 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Dang. He is a star. The Bucks, by the way, like they – this is – Fitzpatrick, this is what you're going to get. I mean, as, as fun as – that's magic great. has been is he's he put them in a hole against Pittsburgh. He does it here. It's not his fault. He's playing at a fine level. They have weapons, but when you have the worst defense in the league and no running game, it's like you have a small margin for error, and you can't expect. They're him still play. averaging their defense, allowing forty points a game on the road. That is unbelievable. Right, that gets that, people right. fired. It's like they got Mike Smith fired, so now they get killed playing man defense, man to man instead of zone. I love this Panthers right team. There. I think they're as good as anybody in the NFC, including the two teams we talked about at the top of the show. Really? Yeah. I think they could be – I think any of those teams, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out of the NFC. And I think it's because Christian McCaffrey's taking the next step. It's because Cam Newton – by the way, Wes, 76% of his passes completed. This guy is a different passer with Norv. Uh, and the other guy, Greg Olson. You didn't think – you didn't know what you are going to get out of him. He's come back, and he looks like Greg Olson. He had a 
brilliant one-handed touchdown catch in this game. Mm. And they're one of the best home teams in football. They play the Saints twice down the stretch. The Saints owned them last year, beat them three times. They did a nice job with that scheduling. It's twice over the last three games. Yes. That has – I was talking to Dave Ely downstairs. I don't like that. He's a hard luck guy, Dave. Close together. I know you don't like that, but I like Sorry. it in this division. Ely, Ely. it is a good What's going on with Ely? Ely? No, he's a hard luck guy. You know, Dave, sometimes there's a bit of a Charlie Brown element to him with some of the things that happens in his personal life. But <laughs> he, he is looking really in a good position with his, his favorite team, the Panthers. And that well, is shaping He's just going to pull the ball uh, away in the He's been the here playoffs. before. Yeah. I wouldn't get too pass- is Passive-aggressive shots fired. We love – I love Dave. Uh, even if you stole some of my tweets today, some plagiarism uh, issues going on. This is where this is coming from. But, um, <laughs> Look at look at the schedule. Week fifteen, week seventeen. Look at where these teams are packed up right now in the NFC. That could be an all timer for Sunday Night Football uh, last game of the regular season. Woo! And maybe Dave will kick the ball at last. Maybe. Don't bank on it. Let's move on. Slot to the right. Throws the screen and ducking the man and getting to the goal line. Touchdown, Antonio Brown. He just got rid of that tackler with a little shake and bake, and finally it was him into the end zone. Oh, he put a move on Tavon Young. Tavon Young got up and said, can you, I lost a piece of my uh, uh, uniform. Can you please find it for me, Mr. Official? <laughs> All right. Bill Hillgrove, I think that could have been either Tunch Ilkin or Craig Wolfley of the Steelers Radio Network. Ben Roethlisberger threw two touchdown passes. He also ran for a score. Uh, and James Conner continued to do his thing. The Pittsburgh defense continued to look revitalized. A 23-16 win over the fading Ravens in Baltimore. Ouch. The Steelers have won four straight since the Ravens beat them in Pittsburgh back in week four. Greg, the Steelers delivered a damaging blow to their longtime rival today. They did it. It was such a, a reverse of the, the first game that they have. This time, Pittsburgh has the time of possession advantage. Pittsburgh looks like the tougher team. And once again, a, a team that's ranked number one in defense provided very little resistance against Pittsburgh. The reason Roethlisberger and the, and the Steelers were 10, 10 of 16 on third down, and it just felt like the entire game was third and six throw over the middle, third and seven completion over the middle. It's because Roethlisberger wasn't bothered. He, he, any time he got touched was of his own doing because he was just extending the play. Almost. We'll get to that one play a little right. later. Right, but, but for yeah. the most – even that was of his own like, – Well, that's true. Any time he got hit, it's because the play took forever for someone to get open. The Ravens were dominated up front. And these are plays that Joe Flacco is not making and is not made in a couple weeks. And the Ravens, to me, feel like a team that needs to essentially almost reorganize at this point. I have a conspiracy theory. Uh, watching this game in the first quarter, you know, there is a lot of talk about Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco and – how Joe's feeling about this situation and how comfortable he is. And if, if initially it was seen as that's motivating him, but now as the season wears on and Lamar Jackson is getting more touches in third down situations and, and late game situations, what's the deal? First and goal, Lamar Jackson is involved in a running play. Third and goal, so that's second and goal. Third and goal, Lamar Jackson goes in motion, wide open in the flat, all by himself, book it, six points, and, and and Joe Flacco never looks at Lamar Jackson, throws into double coverage and sails it out of the back of the end zone. Now, I'm not saying nothing, Wes. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't think he likes Lamar Jackson on the field, and he is not. he's going out of his way to make sure the man's not involved with this offense. I am not subscribing to that or any other conspiracy theory. But Buy in, baby. But it's it's not too early. Um, but I am going to eat crow for 
continuing to say this Ravens team is good, and they're now 4-5. and five. Ian Rappaport is reporting that John Harbaugh is in trouble. The Ravens are heading into their bye week, and it sounds like their owner is going to look over this situation. Wow. It would seem crazy to do it during the season, and I don't think they're that far away. They were certainly the inferior team, but it was really just like red zone. When, when the Steelers are in the red zone, they have James Conner, first of all, who is breaking tackles, went over 160 yards from scrimmage, is – they set up a nice touchdown for him as a receiver, whereas the Ravens, Flacco just missed a few throws, including that one, but another one to Crabtree. They're using Lamar Jackson a ton, and then there's no there's no rhythm there. And then you look at what they did to their receivers. They threw 10 passes, or rather 13 passes to Crabtree and John Brown for less than 50 yards. It's just not an explosive offense. Flacco's fine, but these this is the worst two-game stretch of his career. They're the team that's season. built like a team. The NFL's moved on, and the Ravens are, you know, it takes a while to build that kind of an offense. But you've been beaten by the Saints and by the Panthers in the last three weeks. You just got taken out by Pittsburgh. It's hard to take you seriously. They're, they're done in the AFC North. They're now three. They're one and three in the division. They're three losses behind. The Steelers don't even have to play another game in the division until week 17. And I do think Wes's boy, Mike Hilton, I don't know. He might be like the key to the whole thing. Him and Joe Hayden getting getting healthy. When Mike Hilton came back, this defense just looked a lot better, and he made a number of plays today. I think the Ravens have to go 6-1 and one down the stretch. That would put them at ten and six. Steelers, they're, they're not going to do that. I feel Steelers like the, to me are right there with the Chiefs and the Patriots. You want a real talk, Greg? Yeah. I feel like you're taking it easy on Joe Flacco right now. I think he's just like, what do you expect? Up and I would say, on balance, this season has been a a a Joe Flacco season, a better than the last two seasons, right in line with most of his career. But that's why they drafted a quarterback in the sure. first round because it's not good enough. It's the not idea been is good that enough he might for be better decade. this year. And maybe he, be he was until the last two weeks, and he hasn't had a two-week stretch. But he, again, this yeah, he's just blah. He's blah. Yeah. Uh, and he, oh, the Roethlisberger hit he took was brutal. Mm. Uh, Greg, you're not always great with your injury predictions when it happens in real time. <laughs> I like down to the make newsroom. bold injury predictions that have no repercussions. They're usually season-ending injury predictions. <laughs> down, and, downstairs in the newsroom, not on air. You're bringing yeah, this up. Typically, we lack the context because Greg's watching the game. Maybe we're not watching it. So it just is like, oh, bummer. Like I remember Evan Ingram tore his ACL earlier this season. <laughs> there have been several things. This time, we were told, oh, Ben, Big Ben, Probably broke his collarbone. Not, not even probably. <laughs> he broke his collarbone. <laughs> broke his collarbone. He's say, done. I didn't say. Done. I didn't say probably. It I was said, a vicious uh, hit, though. I said, "Watch out! Looks like a broken." He collar made a major bone. play like 80 seconds later. Yeah, he, that kills any other quarterback. <laughs> Roethlisberger is a freaking tank. Looks like it's going to be Josh Dobbs the rest of the season. <laughs> I think the key with like talking about devastating season injury it's not to. injuries is to get ahead of the the story. <laughs> Make sure you're first to let the newsroom know. And shout out to Josh Dobbs who got them out of deep in their own territory with a, like a 25 uh, yard throw. There's a, a huge play in the that game. That was a big play in the game. So Dobbsy, nice job. You know who wouldn't have done that? That old, the other guy. What was his name? Landry? Landry Jones. Forget about that guy already. <laughs> Did you ever make a play in four years there? Dobbsy's the future. Well, all right. Let's, Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> 51-yard attempt for the win. The snap is down. The kick is up. Wide right, wide right, wide right. It's no good. It's (laughs) wide right. The Texans win it. 19-17. Houston prevails. The Texans have won their sixth straight game. Yeah, they did. Mark Vandermeer, Andre Ware, John Harris in that that, uh, booth celebrating two Texans radio network. Brandon McManus's 51-yard field goal attempt. Went wide right as time expired, allowing Houston to escape Denver with a 19-17 win over the Broncos. Broncos, yes, that's six straight wins for the Texans. 
and for the Broncos, it's a crusher. I mean, the team that was once 2-0 and is now 3-6. and Their playoff hopes severely damaged by this one. Uh, you know, if they go 6-1, and one, that might not even be enough. That's, they're not you, good enough. They're, yeah, they're and, you, and you fall to 3-6, and six, uh, that's too many losses this early. So they're in deep trouble. Um, I do want to, just to get Greg, you fired up a little bit, um, talk about the McManus attempt at the end because Case Keenum, you know, Case is Case, uh, and he was up and down in this game, but he completed on a fourth down uh, near midfield, I'd say about around Denver's 40-yard line, and fourth down with the, the pass rush closing in and about a minute to play. He, he hangs tough in the pocket. He delivers a strike over the middle, first down on the other 40, and uh, Denver now is set up to win this game, down two. And what happens? Vance Joseph, who is running out of time, and maybe when you hear this, he'll be out of time. We don't know. It's it's getting to that point. Settles and gets very conservative uh, in an, a very windy day, even though th- the wind had died down for this kick. He he settles on essentially a 50-yard field goal for the win, and McManus pushed it, and that's it. And then Bill O'Brien on the other side, and this is one of the great subplots of Week 9, and, and let's be honest, maybe the season, maybe the history of football. Uh, they catch... <laughs> O'Brien on the sideline. We think, yeah. We think, allegedly. But if you could read lips, you can get the gist. What What is he saying as he goes to meet Joseph at midfield for the hand? Well, no. he's Well, yeah. He, it's not like he's right near Joseph. It's no, he's, the second the he's kick leaving misses, his sideline. Yeah. The, it, it appears Bill O'Brien says, good job, Vance, you dumb. Censored. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, oh man. That's God. brutal. Aggressive. But the reason he's saying it is it did not take a gifted tactician to know you don't settle for a 50-yard field goal, and that's what the Broncos did, and it might have cost them their season. Coaches have been doing this I, probably since, you know, the last 50 years or so. Are we going to start seeing, like, more aggressive situational football in field goal situations? It, it's it's insane. It's they like one, It's like human – there's been so much progress in human evolution and, and football tactics tactics it's like and we still can't overcome this that men that are getting paid you know millions of dollars a year haven't figured this one out another reason not to hire another defensive minded coach is your your lead guy i mean they enter their bye week denver well the oc and i get it their oc there because he deserves to Bill be Musgrave. I don't even know. Yeah, Bill Musgrave you know. isn't exactly like the freshest. I'm not. I know. I'm sure he's a very good coach, but he's been around for a while. He may subscribe to these old, old way thinking. But the habits. buck stops with the head coach. Right. So that's and maybe why they're afraid O'Brien of Case Keenum, like doing something loose. But I don't. I don't care. And McManus had missed a kick earlier. He missed a kick. I believe last week. It's like he's one of the more reliable kickers, it, though. Too. That's right, why make it harder though? It's this philosophy that it's like, oh well, it's the kicker's fault, not my fault. Give me a break. And the tech. Oh, by the way. Oh yeah, Zeuser's hot. Wes, Zeuser's hot. That's five straight. I gotta get Packers. Better win this game. That and I got lucky, just like the Texans got lucky here, because uh, Denver, like I said, was well set up to steal this game, and they couldn't get it done. And you look at the Texans are the luckiest team in the league right now. Yes. If you look at if you look at the Colts game, the Cowboys game, even the Bills game and then this game, just the fact to win all four of them. I don't disagree crazy. with you, but what I'll say is this, I think this is a team that's getting better as the season goes along and having those lucky wins, they they're not going to give them back. They're not going to say sorry for it. Yep. Um I think there's I think this team is going to start peaking. The one, I was a little disappointed that they didn't close this game out. 
uh, like I thought they would because they weren't able to get to Keenum uh, and they kind of needed Joseph and McManus to bail them out. But a win is a win. Uh, and when you could basically eliminate a team from the playoff picture while you're at it, all the better. And to your Dan, if you're if you're in the side that you think they're going to surge, they have the Titans, Browns, and Jets over the next when they come out of their bye. After the, the AFC, couple South other games there too. In general, but. are great. And DeAndre Hopkins just putting this team on his back. Ten catches, 105 yards on 12 attempts. When you really don't have any receiving options, and he's the one, and he does it week after week. Demarius yeah. Thomas in his debut, three for 60, had a 30-yarder early in the game. So he wasn't a huge part of the game, but he was a contributor. And you imagine they're going to give him more reps as as things go on. Broncos also lost their best offensive lineman, Matt Paradise, to a, a six to eight week injury, a mm. broken leg. So I don't think he's missed the game in his career. Paradise lost, I think you mean. Ooh, Ooh, nice. Whoa. Let's move on. Hunt, halfback, right. Mahomes will throw. Retreating, steps up, fires it for the end zone. Kelsey, great catch, touchdown! Kansas City, second of the day for Cleveland Heights High School and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Mitch Holtis, of course, Chiefs Radio Network. MVP frontrunner Patrick Mahomes passed for 375, three touchdowns, two to Travis Kelsey uh, from wherever he's from. As the Chiefs rolled to a 37-21 win over the Browns, uh, this is the first game for Cleveland without Hugh Jackson, so Greg Williams as interim is 0-1. Mahomes has 29 TD passes and 3,185 yards, uh, the most by any quarterback through 10 games since 1950, and he's passed for at least 300 yards in eight straight games. Mark, we are all witnesses. More of the same for Kansas City. I mean, this game felt very cooked for Cleveland when – Greg Williams decided to deactivate Demarius Randall, who is dealing with some injury stuff. But then Denzel Ward went out with a hip injury. Then EJ Gaines was soon lost with a concussion. They had a bunch of jabronis flying around the secondary, and Kansas City just ate them up. When you watch this game, what they did with open spaces in the flats and the way they used their screen game to absolutely devastate Cleveland's defense, it put them, like with so many other teams that play the Chiefs, right away on their heels trying to catch up. And Cleveland initially countered with this very bizarre strategy. Well, I mean, I guess if, it, if, it, if you could have done it all game long, it would have worked. But this seven-plus-minute drive where all they did was run the ball to keep the – keep the ball out of Kansas City's hands. But then, you know, right right after that possession where Cleveland scored a touchdown, the Chiefs come back and score in like three seconds or up 21-9. Right. It doesn't really you matter can't do you this can't against Kansas stop. City. Right. Yeah, you can play all the ball c- control you want. The greatest ball control game of all time is Super Bowl 25, the Bills and Giants. Uh, but the Giants got stops on top of, they, right. you know, uh, having the ball for 40 minutes in that game. What did you think of Freddie Kitchens in his play-calling debut? Outside of the uh, – early attempt to just run the ball like you're playing, you know, essentially Madden against someone and take out the entire first and second quarter. More quick passes. I thought it was I thought it was probably Baker Mayfield's best game in a while. He threw a late bad pick in garbage time, but really it was this was not on Mayfield, it was on the defense. I thought that they the offense looked as organized as it has in a while and how could it look much worse than it's looked? for large chunks of games. And the Browns' defense, which had made a lot of plays in the first month, has really not done much no. in the last three or four weeks. I mean, it not that you'd expect them to against the Chiefs. I, it strikes me, looking at the box score, six different players had plays of over 20 yards for the Chiefs. I mean, that's just like, what are you going to do? They had at one point in the first half a 50, 40, 25, 25, 23, 21, and 19-yard gain. I mean, it looked worse than that. Mm. Uh, the the half glass full, half glass empty with the Browns. Half glass full. I would love to have my rookie quarterback, the production 
the Mayfield is competitive and he, he makes plays, he makes mistakes, but he looks like a guy that's, you know, learning on the job and progressing. Uh, the half glass empty is Browns have two wins in their first nine games, and this was supposed to be a little different this year, and it's just kind of more of the same. It's more of the same, but it, it's it's also completely different because every other year this would systematically happen to Cleveland. It's Brandon Whedon or Austin Davis or Johnny Manziel just left the team and is facing you know charges and arrests and drug issues. So it is different, just the same with your Jets, to have a quarterback that – they're basically like, we got rid of everyone because we're going to get the right people to put around our quarterback. That is different. It is weird, though, that week when I probably was the one who said this was like, any one of these four teams could win the AFC North. You can make a case. It's like a you just fast forward a month. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Let's move up. This is the game from the six. Wilson, shotgun snap, passing down. Pocket collapses. Wilson steps up, throws to the end zone. Incomplete. Chargers win. And the Bolts have won their fifth straight game and improved to 6-2. and two. Come on, DJ, get on the mic. What, was he not? <laughs> that was money, right? That was all money. He came it in at the like end there. sounded like there might have been an edit in there. Who knows? <laughs> that was thought me. he came in at the end. <laughs> you edited DJ I out. I edited out DJ. <laughs> uh, money and DJ, uh, KFI, uh, with the call down eight, with one untimed down left. Russell Wilson bought time, found it open. David Moore in the back of the end zone. Moore couldn't make the catch, though. Maybe got tipped, deflected, but the, it was enough to uh, lead to the incompletion. The Chargers escape with the win, 25-19. What was it, 26-19? 25-17. 25-17. At the clink, Greg kicking issues again plagued the Chargers, but they managed to avoid the collapse just barely. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Caleb Sturgis missing extra points and field goals. Ten kicks in six games. It, not only yeah. that, it, Come pull, on. pulling off the rare daily double of missing an extra point that would have ended the game and then getting a penalty for tripping on the ensuing kickoff that was not a very good kickoff. <laughs> Give Where's me a Kai break. Forbev? Was he trying to break his own leg? Right. Where's Kai? I want to focus more on the first 55 minutes of the game where two things stuck out. Russell Wilson is a far inferior quarterback right now to Phillip Rivers, wow. at least in terms of the, the two passing. Let's say the two passing games as a whole. And then one of the two teams is, is more aggressive because of that passing game. Rivers is so good at avoiding sacks, not taking negative plays. The three sacks that Russell Wilson took in this game, uh, especially early, were all on him. Uh, he put his team in, in tough situations. He threw that pick six, but before that even, I really had him as having a, a very negative day, whereas Phillip Rivers made some insane back shoulder throws. They're really counting on the big plays. It's a little like an uneven offense that just counts on the big plays, but they're hitting them every week. This is the best Phillip Rivers that we've ever had, I think. Mm, I would not go that far. Hmm. To me, he's... Well, we're far away from... Remember the year where it was like they were so worried about him that he got... He, I, he was he got in contention for... Yeah, because yeah. he was such a disaster. This is I mean, what he looks like with, with good pass protection for the most part. His right tackle is getting him killed. But other than that, they have a, have a good pass protection. And there was one kind of sequence early in the game that struck me. There was a Seahawks had third and 18. They run the ball and punt it. Because that's just like what the Seahawks do. The Chargers had third and 15 from their own 11, two plays later, they have a touchdown. 54 yards to Allen, 34 yards, Melvin Gordon, who's running like crazy, and they just have enough playmakers. You mentioned closers on the Texans. Like The Chargers are kind of like that, at least on offense, that anyone can pop off for 40 yards. They have the Raiders, Broncos, and Cardinals after this. Mm. That's how you get to 9-2 and and then face the Steelers. They won five in a row here. Keenan Allen, who's been quiet this year, uh, he, he had a nice game. 
uh, here. Um, and Austin Eckler, who we know is the PFF darling. He was nominated. He didn't win uh, last week. Who, who took home the PFF uh, darling of the year? <laughs> Big victory. Everybody I knows. gave it to Trey Flowers. You gave it to yeah. Trey Flowers, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, but uh, Keenan Allen, yep, Melvin Gordon, uh, Phillip Rivers, that is a troika. It has to be on your radar, Dan, as, as like the guy who's got the kicking beat covered, that the Chargers always pick the wrong kicker. They're cursed. Sturgis missed two games, and his replacement, Michael Badgley, made all ten of his kicks. Mm. So they send him to the practice squad, put Caleb Sturgis on the field. He misses three kicks. He's been missing kicks all year. Yeah, this game. There's one solution. Cut Caleb Sturgis. And sign? Aguayo? Kai Forbeth. Oh, how dare <laughs> Get you. Get Kai in the building. The Seahawks lost Chris Carson in this game to an injury, which could be a very big injury for them because Mike Davis not as good, and they and they refused to play their first-round pick, Rashad Penny. They probably should. I mean, yeah. they did. He, a few carries. Refused. Not, not good. Not good. Uh, let's hear from our sponsor. Indochino is North America's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They made suits. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Just visit a showroom and have a stylist take your measures, measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. And then what do you do? You let the compliments roll in. You guys, you guys are in your Indochino. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Why, oh, yeah. why would I not? You're quite enjoying it, aren't you? Give me some Indochino. Has that led to an uptick in, with your um, – Love lives with your wives and fiance. I don't know. You like to triple source stuff. I mean, go find the other sources involved here and see what they have to say. Okay, we'll go to those sources. How are, how are there more than one source? <laughs> I get all de- depends what's going on with each uh, with love life. But uh, anyway, since November is Black Friday season, you can take advantage of 2018's lowest prices. Get up to 70 percent off everything and look great while you take center stage for your biggest moments. Go to Indochino.com and use the code around at checkout to take advantage of Black Friday pricing. That's 70 percent off the regular price for a made to measure suit. Plus shipping is free. That's Indochino.com. Promo code around for up to 70% off. It's an incredible deal for a made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go rack. That's good. Let's move on. That's really Ryan good. fakes the toss, flips it on the screen. Here's Julio. Jones is open. Really enjoyed that. Down the far sideline, and we'll score. <laughs> oh, my heavens. There you go, Atlanta. Julio's in the end zone. Stop the clocks. The counts. It was a big deal, this Julio Jones scoreless streak, but now it's over. West Durham, Dave Archer, John Michaels, Falcons Radio Network. Julio Jones, welcome back to the end zone. The All-Pro wideout ended his 12-game touchdown drought. One of four touchdown throws from Matt Ryan and the Falcons' 38-14 win over the Redskins. That's three straight wins for Atlanta. Chris Wessling, the Skins weren't at the Falcons' level in this one. Why not? This was the most impressive Falcons game of the year, and really – they really shoved it in my face after I, I said that I almost locked the Redskins and I wasn't fearful of the Falcons mm. because of their defense. And the Redskins want to control the trenches and they want to jump ahead early and play ball control. The Falcons won up front on both sides of the ball in this game. I thought the Redskins would push them around and it went the other way. Uh, part of that was because the Redskins played without left tackle Trent Williams, then lost two offensive linemen on the first two series, then lost Brandon Sheriff later in the game. Mm. So they didn't really have much of a chance there. Um, Adrian Peterson was getting blown up in the backfield. 
over and over again, and this was a complete win. I think we can bury any of the concerns about Steve Sarkeesian. The Falcons are one of the best third and long offenses in the league. They kept converting over and over again on third and long in this game. They're one of the best red zone offenses in the league. I believe they've scored touchdowns on 17 of their last 20 trips to the red zone. This this team is kind of rolling, and you know Greg's been saying don't bury them, don't bury their playoff chances. They're still you know pushing a rock uphill with that schedule in the second half, but they're not over yet. I mean, there is a huge difference. The 18 games last year, the season opener against Philly, there was just major issues with that offense, and everything has melted away every week. The numbers, the 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 yardage, the touchdown passes—it's just piling up. It's a t- it's a top five or six offense, and that's why I've I've said the whole time, let's not give up on them because if you have a top five or six offense, you're gonna have a chance. And the thing that you know, I'd like to hear from you, Wes, about was just the running game—148 yards from the two running backs today. That, as someone who's kind of rooting for the Falcons, that makes me feel good because that's the part that hasn't really been there for them. Yeah, Tevin Coleman had some chunk plays in this game. He had um, he had a good game. But like I said, the Falcons controlled the trenches up front, and, and they're doing it with both guards out for the season. Um, they looked well coached in this game, really well. Coming coached. off a bye week. 10 of 13 on third downs. You just need to get Matt Ryan to year two with these coordinators. Jay Gruden at halftime said our third down defense is a joke, and it was. But part they of that, couldn't get part of that is Matt Ryan. Like One of the things watching them is – I would want a lot of other or a handful of other quarterbacks before Matt Ryan, but like Matt Ryan on third and four, I don't know. Matt Ryan on third and six, like he just he throws like it the, to the right guy, right? He just you totally trust him. He he. I don't know. There's not many better than him in that position. Falcons still have a lot of work to do to dig out from this because you get in this NFC, you get off to this start where the Redskins can win this division, their NFC East still, but they're one of a few teams that you remind you every year you get these playoff teams that you realize, oh, I don't believe in this team. At all, all in the terms of their ultimate fate, at all. Well, the Redskins can't come from behind. They don't have the firepower to do it, um, and they got behind twenty-eight to seven in this game. So that was never going to be a recipe for them to come back. Mark, the Falcons are a Super Bowl pick, so we're okay. We're climbing back in. You're in Everything's okay. They get Dion. Dion Jones is eligible to come back in two weeks. Their best defensive. See player. what's happening here. Uh, keep an eye on uh, Maurice Harris, who is a big part of that Washington offense here. Uh, Ten receptions on twelve targets for a buck twenty-four. Uh, and Adrian Peterson is having kind of a weird statistical season, where he either has a really big game, like a vintage game, or it's these type of games where it's like nine for seventeen. Yeah, he doesn't play when they get down. It doesn't help that like half their offensive line exited the field. Right. That that's the thing. Like when they've lost, I'm thinking the Saints game. Uh, the Colts game, the Colts game, and then this one—it like they look so bad when they lose. Yeah, it just makes me think. Ultimately, hey, you're Brian. kind of a middle of the road team, and the Eagles have to be home watching this one, thinking, "Come to mama." The Eagles can just get their act together. I don't know that if a mom division. would treat her child no, that way. Saying, I don't know what. Come what, to mama. Okay. <laughs> but if it were a mother-child relationship, there'd be more. That's this sounds wrong and vicious. This offense has a chance to get really healthy next week. They play the Bucks. Mm. Mm, that's good. All right, let's move on. Third down and three for Peterman. He's got a back to his left. Three oh, receivers no. to the right. He takes the Something snap. Something's going to happen. Side, oh, again. And intercepted out of the deflection. Leonard Floyd. Fired. End zone. Touchdown, Bears. Number two today. Jeff Joniak, WBBM, with the call. The Chicago Bears intercepted three Nathan Peterman passes, including that Leonard Floyd pick six. The team of ATL became the latest team to steamroll the Bills. Final score 41-9 in Orchard Park. 
not home. Uh, those poor people. Mark, the Bills have reached quasi-buy status for teams fortunate enough to have them on the schedule. I mean, especially when, when Nathan Peterman is listed as the starter and you're a defensive player on the other team, you dial up everyone you've ever met, every ex-girlfriend, <laughs> every family member, and say, turn this on because I'm going to score some points. I mean, they The mystery put... people in our love lives that you have to get for the triple source. <laughs> right. Dial them up. Call them in. all. I mean, if you knew that Mitch Trubisky was going to throw for 135 yards and throw a pick, no one was going to run for more than 47 for Chicago, no one's going to count for more than 50 yards through the air, you'd think Buffalo would have a shot. The final score is 41-9 to because of two pick sixes and endless turnovers. I mean – Buffalo is unwatchable, and I feel bad for Bills fans. They cannot get out of their own way on offense. And, and it does not help that every week we have a different terrible quarterback starting. There's no chemistry, no flow with anyone in that attack. In games started by quarterbacks other than, other than Josh Allen, the Bills ha- have one touchdown on offense, and their offense is allowed four touchdowns. Well, they're historically the bad, and we they're know negative. this. They're negative. They should just punt on first down. They would be doing better. And, the, and the, they clearly <laughs> – uh, the Bears listened uh, to this podcast because they sat Khalil Mack again and they forced four takeaways. That's why they did it. That absolutely what happened because they almost played him last week. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yield Sooster's making sense over here. Four takeaways, 264 yards on offense. That's what all these teams got to do. Rest anybody you're worried about because the Bills just do not have the ability to score points. And I cannot believe they have two wins. I got to say. It, it is crazy because you look at the – I was thinking, well, if nothing else, this is going to be a good test for Mitchell Trubisky on the road against a tough defense. May, you know, let's see some progress from the offense. And yet, I don't, I don't think you can really bang them for only getting 11 first downs and 190 yards when you win 41 to nine. It's like, what's the difference? But it's still, it's, it jumps off the page that that the offense didn't move, didn't need to move the ball at all. This he, is a good defense, though. Right? They're just, they're just, you can't get their offense can't. I mean, stay on the field. I, I can't, I. I would love to have the research to check like how many teams have gained under 200 yards and won a game by more than 30 points. Hmm. People are worried that we're we've lost that loving feeling for the team of ATL. This is a playoff team. I believe in the Bears. I'd like to see by a couple people. Of- you mean like me and Dan and yeah, basically most of this Mark. room. Vast majority of pod like- listeners seem to think that we don't. We're not as excited about this team. You know what they need to do? They have a couple high-impact losses or high-profile losses this season. I want to see a dramatic win where they really kind of show you what their ceiling is. Uh, But in the meantime, they're 5-3, and and that's a good place to be. They've already won almost – six wins is the most wins they've had since 2013. So you're one away from that already. And – Poor Bills fans. They're they're having a great time. They're throwing themselves through tables. They're eating bratwurst in the parking lot. It's zero zero after the first quarter. Like, oh, maybe we could steal this game. Halftime, twenty eight nothing. The Bears next four Oof. games. They have the reeling Lions twice and the Giants once. That's good. Then the Rams. Well, bye bye. Yeah, that's looming. Let's move on. Darnold bats that, but he handles it. Gets it down, throws it out. It's intercepted by Jerome Baker down the sideline. He's got speed touchdown. All right. Jerome Baker with the pick six. Oh, timing for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy Cephalo and the rest of the Dolphins radio network having a gay old time. Rookie linebacker Jerome Baker picked off Sam Darnold, took it to the house. The game-settling score, uh, Dolphins 13-6 win over the regressing New York Jets. The dreaded fish sweep 
their division uh, foes. And somehow, almost impossibly, they'll reach the second week of November above 500 and in the thick of the AFC wildcard race. And if you're a Dolphins fan, you're already getting fired up and you're sending off uh, critical tweets at the old Zeuser. Well, maybe you didn't watch the game because the Jets are a total travesty right now. Uh, and you still, you know, won by seven points in a game where you scored 13. So it's, I think the Dolphins are, are very fortunate to have the record they have right now. Uh, and they were also that a defense that was under siege in the last two weeks. Uh, they had a good get, get healthy uh, opponent because the Jets are completely lost on offense. They actually got back Robbie Anderson and Quincy Inunua, uh in the lineup from injuries, but the offense has now gotten to the point and it's regressed to the point, and Sam Darnold has regressed and really hit a rookie wall here where it doesn't matter because there's just there's an issue. There's, there's something broken here now with the Jets on offense, and they are a pitiful watch. And I just don't know what, what to – you know what? Keith, you, you tell us about it. His name is Keith. He's Dan's dad. No doubt about it. Darnold really should have thrown about seven interceptions today, just that the <laughs> Dolphins true. dropped the others. Uh, the offensive coordinator, Bates, I don't know where his mind is at. Uh, the, the play calling that he has and the fact that the head coach was sleeping on the sidelines once again when their center couldn't, in the shotgun uh, position could not give a decent snap to Donald all day. Even after he threw it over his head, it still he did not pull the guy. And yeah, I agree. The guy had an injured finger, dislocated finger, and I I feel bad for that. But if the guy can't perform, you got to pull him. Disgraceful uh, performance by the Jet offense today, and no adjustments at halftime offensively. Terrible. Yeah, there it is. It, Spencer Long is the Jets center. It's been a, a subplot around uh, for Jets fans that this guy has been terrible with snaps. He has an injured finger, and it, it got to the point where he had to be benched in this game. So that's not helping. But uh, Darnold's taken a big step back. Uh, they have 33 points scored in their, la- in their last three games, all losses. They had zero plays in the red zone today and guess, against the Dolphins' off, uh, defense. Again, guys, remember the last time we saw the Dolphins' defense against the Texans? They were the disgrace. So that tells you how far off this team is uh, right now. Uh, if somebody else wants to get excited about the Dolphins, please do. I don't know when Ryan Tannehill's coming back. Brock Osweiler, again, is just he, – he, listen, he's got some Ws for well, them. But On a day the Dolphins should be feeling good, both tackles got injured. And after the game, one of their nucleus players on defense, Rashad Jones, it came out that he pulled himself from the game, basically benched himself, and some – Amanda Solguero of the Miami Herald had one source that basically said if he doesn't want to play, F it. That, that's why I feel for Dolphins fans because this team for so long, even when they get wins, it's ne- it's v- so rarely inspiring. There's so rarely long-term hope. Here's here's a game you won to go to 5-4. and four. You have that anonymous source. You also have offensive players privately sharing their frustrations with Brock Osweiler. Uh, on offense, they had seven first downs. I mean, they won a game with seven first downs and 
total yards. And basically, it was just the Dolphins' defense essentially scored enough to for the, to win the, the game. And so even when you're winning the game, it's just like, well, what? Osweiler what made, made the Jets' pass rush look good, which tells you something. So he is no good. Rashad Jones, by the way, is a guy that's been around for a while there. He's been their starting safety since 2011. He is a core guy on that defense. Been a great player at so times. So for him, yeah, he's one of their best defensive players. For him to pull himself out of the lineup, and Gase was said after the game, was, I don't know what – I have to find out about it. I don't. I think Gase is in deep, deep trouble regardless of how the season plays It shouldn't plays be happening out. to five and four teams. Four and one at home. You know, you don't go into Miami and get a win this year. <laughs> well, it's not going to be 100 degrees with 100% humidity all year there. Dan, uh, one quick thing. Yes. Like, do you view this as like a Mitch Trubisky stuck in a John Fox last year Chicago Bears type That's thing? exactly how I see it, Mark Sessler. I think that it was kind of what I was worried could happen this year is – I think it's a uh, Todd Bowles. I don't think gets fired tomorrow, but I don't think Todd Bowles are getting to the point where it's almost definite he's done. And the offense coordinator is not part of the future. This is not uh, Jim Bob Cooter sticking around when the new coach gets hired. Uh, so it's just a matter of don't get hurt. And, and hopefully his confidence doesn't get shot here. I'm officially worried about Darnold's rookie season. Before we get to Sunday night football, guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, a bad back, something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable quote, rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. Well, okay. Mark, you are not a man that goes to the doctor a lot. No, but apparently I should have, considering some of the things that have occurred to me. Well, the same is true uh, for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. What? I mean, not for this reason I wouldn't go, but I, I, you know, kudos to you if you fit into this category. Um, thankfully... Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians, 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 I knew I was saying it wrong, can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door, and you can do it all online, and that's good. It's a private thing. Get Roman.com slash around. For a free visit online, for a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash around. That's GetRoman.com slash around for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash around. Which takes us to Sunday Night Football. Oh, wide open. Well, there were two guys who were there, but it's Josh Gordon, the second guy, in for the touchdown. Oh, that Tom Brady's a sneaky little devil. <laughs> Oh, he is. Chris Collinsworth there and also Al Michaels, of course, with the call. Sunday night football ends with a 31-17 win for the New England Patriots who score 14 unanswered points in the final period uh, to improve to 7-2, a damaging loss for the Green Bay Packers who fall to 3-4-1 and one, uh, a game. Greg, and we're going to start with you because you're a very happy man tonight. A game that turned... On the first play of the first quarter, or the fourth quarter, it is 17 all. The Packers are driving. Aaron Jones gets the ball, coughs it up. The Packers unable to recover. The Pats pick it up, and from there, it was all New England. Larry Guy making a play. Trey Flowers making plays. Adrian Claiborne making a play. They call him Jag, just the guy. They, he's been great. <laughs> the, if you had told me, you know, when the Packers tied it up 17 all. 
it's what midway through the second quarter that they wouldn't score another point the other night, the rest of the night, I, I would have been stunned. And this win to me is the most meaningful of the Patriots season, just because they did it without Gronk. They did it without Sony Michelle. You have Corderell Patterson in the backfield. You have the defense really holding up their end of the bargain. And it just felt like kind of one of those old school Patriots types of games that makes you think that, okay, they can go, they can go on a run this year. Wes, this was embarrassing for the Packers. How do you lose to that team? They're running Philip Dorsett and Dwayne Allen out there. Your wide receivers are running back. No Gronk, no Sonny Michelle. This is just embarrassing for the Packers. They had so much better personnel on the field in this game, and they got outcoached. I thought the Aaron Jones fumble reminded me of the Adam Thielen fumble from the Saints-Vikings game a week ago where nothing was the same after. Because right after that, the Patriots, who had been – you could. They were hedged in on offense. Suddenly they get into trick play territory. Edelman throws the ball to James White, who sets up the next touchdown. The Packers come out on the next drive, go a quick three and out with an awful sack on Rodgers that included a helmet-to-helmet hit, and then bang, game yeah. over. Patriots score to Josh Gordon next drive. Packers just lost to a team whose best player is a scat back. I Give mean, me a break. I mean, first of all, their best player is Tom Brady. Tom Brady is not playing that well. He, he's not playing as well as as – is MVP level. He is playing plenty the well. Packers had a in huge edge at quarterback in this game. Rodgers made more plays, but event, ultimately it was held. Rodgers was held to six yards per attempt. Ooh, ooh, ooh. look at that! The first lock off of the season. If you're wondering why there's a little heat between the scientists right now, Greg locks up the Patriots, gets the dub. West counted on the Packers, and they did. They came up small, West, for you. That they really did. They came up small. The refs had a had a hand. Oh. In yes. Are you saying Operation Pink Pony is in, in play here? That running into the kicker call. Come give me us, a Wes. break. Didn't make a difference. Adrian Claiborne's helmet to helmet hit on on Rogers. Give me a break. Hey, and, hey and, how about score score some points when you get oh, the ball? No, no the doubt quarter. the Packers should be embarrassed that they only scored 17 points. Ooh. I mean, also, you know, Chris should be a little embarrassed at least for making a speech like it was, uh, you know. Gettysburg Address or something when the the Packers had stopped the Patriots on the goal, goal line. Why should stand. I be embarrassed? About you said that. that was going to change their season. This isn't a debate. It's a call to arms, Greg. America needs the Packers to win. If you're not aware of what Wes said, this is what he said. Hey, you're feeling right now rooting against the Patriots in prime time. It's fun. I probably should have started this years ago. We all know that Belichick lost it. He's passed his prime ever since the Malcolm Butler benching, and now you just see him go for it on fourth down and get denied. This is the thing that games are built on, that seasons are built on. Packers have momentum. America needs Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, and we're going to get him with a win in this game. They're going to build on that, and life will be ascendant for the Green Bay Packers. It went all wrong, Wes. That was from Periscope. That was, I mean, I was in character, Greg. Well, you also did that off camera right before that happened. This the same. I've been in character this whole game, and the Packers <laughs> let me down. They really did. They killed you here, and and you're right. With Gronk not playing, Brady not sharp. At one point, he had incompletions on six straight passes, seven out of eight. And we talked about this leading into this game that this has not been uh, a pristine Tom Brady year. But uh, at the end of the day, Mark, here we are, seven and two. The Patriots obviously have the AFC East on lockdown. Their closest competitor is the Dolphins, and they are right in the mix again to get the the, the bye and a big win over an NFC team. Here. They're more than in the mix. They're just gonna do it. Well, They're gonna do it. We'll see. I mean, I we will see. We will we will sit section. here for the next seven or eight or nine weeks <laughs> while we see. <laughs> 
<laughs> How come I'm the one that's in like not a bad mood? I should be. I'm not in a bad I'm mood, in a but right I, like my one thing is when I'm it comes to mood. Green Bay's offense, get it done for once. I'm tired of hearing about the potential. You, this was a tough stretch. The Rams and the Patriots. Yep. No shame in losing to both of these teams, but you are three, four, and one, and you are in a hole right now. And there are three or four teams that are clearly better than you in the NFC. Well, you're right. It, Before we ticket them for glory, they should have won both those games and they got sloppy. And and I think they're they're far from out of it at three, four, and one. And you're you're right. But if you're a Packers fan. You do want to. You do want those games where, hey, your coaching staff breaks out the trick plays at seventeen. It would off. be nice. You yeah. know what I mean. Your coaching staff comes up with a guy like Corderell Patterson uh, running huge plays for that that team. The the Patriots ran those two. They were, they were both kind of trick plays, but especially the first one to James White because they needed it. Like they have an uncanny, especially Josh McDaniels has an uncanny ability for breaking out those plays when nothing is going right, and and they usually work, and it worked tonight. And I, I I'll just say this, and Mark, we talked about this off mic before, while the game was going on. Sometimes it might feel like excuses get made on behalf of Aaron Rodgers uh, when you look at how the Packers really have not gotten the job done in the last eight years or so since their Super Bowl appearance. But it does get frustrating uh, game after game, year after year. And we'll use the last two weeks for ex- as an example here. Uh, last week, it was Ty Montgomery's silly decision to run the ball out of the end zone, led to a fumble, cost Aaron Rodgers a chance to play hero ball. This week, it's Aaron Jones just not fundamentally sound, not covering up the ball. Uh, it leads to the turnover, puts him down, and it just you just want to see Rodgers surrounded by guys that sack up and get the job done, and it just more often than not, I find, I find that Rodgers is fighting an uphill battle against these upper echelon team because the rest of the team doesn't come to play. And to your point, they've given up 31, 30, 29, and 31 points on defense over the last four weeks. I would say this, though. It's like it's a, it's a study in one organization that no matter who they have to put out there does not make these key mistakes, and they find a way to get into good situations in the fourth quarter, and you can't ask Aaron Rodgers to bail you out week after week. Right, and I, I misspoke earlier. The, the Packers did score in the second half. They had a touchdown in the second half. But Rodgers, he, he has a high bar that he needs to play to, and you have to take advantage. This is not a great Patriots defense. You get the ball late in the first half. Uh, you, you kind of expect Rodgers to go down and score points there. He doesn't do it. They make that goal line stand, and you're thinking, okay, here we go, Packers offense. Like, let's get something going. They go three and out and, and kick the ball right back. So there's different moments in the, the game. How about the end of the game? Where he's, he needs- he's allowed to have some touchdown drives at the end of the game, and he came up small there. Right. And right. and he made, if you just made the best five throws of the game, he he probably made them. So that's why it's, it's frustrating to watch when he can do so many spectacular – things, but but the cohesiveness that Brady and McDaniels have. No one is ever doubting the technical artistry and all this stuff that separates Aaron Rodgers, but part of it is just, it's not just the quarterback, it's the whole team, and the Packers are a disappointing team in the Mike McCarthy era for how little they've achieved with how much potential they've had. And, and my last thought is, it is hyper, as a Jets fan, as someone that's done with the Patriots, it's hyper annoying that Josh Gordon is a star for the Patriots. Uh, you're not the only one annoyed. I think it's. I mean, let's get over <laughs> it. We have to let. We have to get over to this point. But it's like, again, it feels I, it feels untoward that the worse, Patriots wound even up. Even worse with for them. you, Mark, because it's the Browns. But this that this was a. We talk about fatal flaw type things. They needed a playmaker in the worst way, and one fell into their lap for a fifth round pick. This guy is taking their offense to another level. He he was the most. He, you were talking about the most valuable player. To me, his presence there tonight, they could not have lived without. Without Gronk, 
without much of a running game, they need Gordon to start making those one-on-one plays, and he is now. I mean, you're yes. right. But the rest of the league could have given up a fourth-round pick for him. So but- it, it's not all just falling into your lap. It's it's having Brady, Belichick, and McDaniels having a place where he can go and thrive, and it's making that trade. It's the competitive advantage of being Bill Belichick with the last 20 years give him so much leeway to make these kinds of moves because he's playing with house money. All right, there you go. So 31-17, Patriots beat the Packers. That is our Week 9 recap. One more game to play on Monday. That will be the Cowboys and Titans from Gerald World. We'll have that recap on our Tuesday Twitter show, which you could check out at 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, 9.30 in the U.K., and the next audio show will be on Wednesday. Uh, So make sure you check all that out. Thank you to everyone for listening. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, the old boss, and the loose cannon, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Deal Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.